Let's go. Here we go. We got a big game. Let's go with Larry Fitzgerald. Presented by Hertz. At Hertz, you can change the scenery without ever changing your standards. That's right. No matter where you are with Hertz, you'll always find exactly the right vehicle to make your let's go moment unforgettable. Visit Hertz.com to book today. Hertz. Let's go. What about this game tonight, Fitz? We just heard from Gronk. He's so much fun. Boy, we miss him. Uh, and the team misses him. Uh, heard from him and Tommy. Uh, what do you make of this uh, contest this evening? I think it's going to be a wonderful matchup, Jim. You know, these two teams are evenly matched, both very talented. Um, Tampa's got some reinforcements coming back to help them that have been out a few weeks. And I think this is going to be, um, you know, a wonderful opportunity for the great Tom Brady to quiet the naysayers like he has for so many years. Um, And quite frankly, Mike McCarthy, he scares me a little bit, especially during the playoffs, Jim. He scares everyone. Scares everyone. What about Ryan Jensen and the change now with the offensive line? Guys moving around uh, where they haven't been playing. And Jensen, who's been out all season, he's really he's really a spark plug. Uh, we just talked to Gronk. He's got that attitude and that personality, and, and Tom and the guys love him. But can you just fit right back in after missing the whole season? Well, I don't think it's going to be just as easy as it's coming right back in, you know, especially the physical aspect of just – playing a game of that magnitude, the energy that he's going to have to be extending, you know, his win is going to be a concern. But the thing I'm most excited about is he brings that nasty fighter mentality. He brings an edge to that offensive line that they've missed. And, you know, in those tough plays and those quarterback sneaks and those tough third and ones that they have to dig out, I mean, I would definitely be running behind him because I know he's going to be the first one to throw a, a, a punch in that in that fight, you know. And so <laughs> um, I think the energy is something that they can definitely utilize. Jim Gray with Larry Fitzgerald. We're here on Let's Go. Our program is brought to you by Bank of America. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, you just can't stop banking on or off the field. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. What would you like the power to do? Member FDIC. So Tom is playing in his 48th career playoff game. You know, they say it's season 23, but if you divide 16, that really means that it's season 26 that he's completing. 383rd game. Uh, it's almost unfathomable, isn't it? Jim, it's I mean, when you when you break it down like that and 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 just really break down the numbers, it's it's unconscionable to think not only of his success, but his durability, what he's been able to to overcome and still playing at such a high level after so many years of playing in this league. And uh, it's a testament to his work ethic, it's a testament to his nutrition, it's a testament to his team that he's assembled to be able to take care of his body and keep him working at an optimal level. And so uh, every time I watch him play, Jim, you know, even a couple of weeks ago when I took my kids, you know, you 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 really you marvel at what he's been able to do. Um, you know, you almost run out of adjectives to describe his greatness because he's done it at um, at a level that nobody else has ever done it. You know, we don't talk to Tom about it because he's in the middle of it, right? And he's not thinking about it. But we didn't know when Michael Jordan shot his last shot for the Bulls against the Utah Jazz, and he made that shot over Brian Russell, and they won their sixth championship. And we don't know after tonight if, in fact, Tom will play next week in San Francisco or if they lose next year wherever. So while we're watching this, does that put a different kind of slant or or meaning on this? Absolutely. Absolutely it does. I mean, it it leaves you, um, you know, wanting to see it because you don't want to have missed it. You know, we had the luxury 
of knowing that Serena Williams was playing in the U.S. Open. This was going to be her last competitive event, right? You know, you kind of had this high to prepare to try to make sure you, you didn't miss it, right? But Tom, you know, he hasn't said anything about his future. We all know, you know, that he retired briefly last year just to come, to come back. And we don't know what his, what his feelings would be, um, you know, about playing with the Bucks next year or playing for a different team. We, we have no idea. And so I think it puts a, a higher sense of urgency for people like myself and, and you who marvel at his ability and then the casual fan who wants to be able to catch a glimpse of the greatest player to ever do it to be able to tune in and watch it tonight. I believe that one thing's clear. If he wants to play, he can play. He's proven that again this year. He has the I most, agree. He has, he has the most completions in the history of the NFL again this season through the most passes. So it won't be a physical thing because he's proven he can do it at 45. So if he can do it at 45, seemingly 46 would be not that much of a taller order. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, from a physical standpoint, it does not look like there's much difference, you know, from, from two years ago to last year. He's still able to make the deep throws. You see the plays he made in week 17, pushing the ball down the field when he needs to. He still never takes really any big hits. I mean, even when he gets pressure, he's able to duck out of the way and, and not expose himself to any egregious shots. So in terms of the way he's able to play the football game at this level, um, I think he still has years and years to play. It really just comes down to his willingness to continue to do what's required to be great. Um, the offseason preparation is other sacrifices that you have to make with your family and the other things. Is, is that still something that he really wants to do? That's what remains to be seen. But everybody has the opportunity tonight and let's just take it in and, and enjoy it for what it is and we'll see what happens. Should be lots of fun. Larry, let's turn our attention to what went on uh, this weekend. Remind everybody our program is brought to you by Mastro's. For your next special occasion, visit Mastro's, an unmatched dining experience known for its world-class service and exquisite cuisine. Mastro's offers the finest prime steaks and the freshest seafood, all in a very lively atmosphere. Visit Mastro's.com for locations and reservations. Well, what can you say? Trevor Lawrence throws four interceptions in the first half of a game. They have five turnovers. They go down 27 to nothing. The odds of the Los Angeles Chargers winning the game go up over 99%, and lo and behold, they lose 31-30 to based on the composure and the play and the resilience of Doug Peterson and his team, the Jaguars, and Trevor Lawrence's ability to have no memory of what went on before they continued play there late in the second quarter into the second half. How do you describe that game and what we witnessed? Well, Jim, you touched on something that I was going to touch on, and like Doug Peterson, I know he probably won't be the coach of the year uh, in the National Football League this year, but he's done nothing short of a miracle, you know, the second half of this season. You know, the Jaguars have barely a pulse, you know, um, halfway through the season, you know, to be able to galvanize that group of men, to be able to get that, to believe that they have what it takes in that locker room to make a deep playoff push and, and make the playoffs in general is, is really, really special. Um, and it was really cool to see a young quarterback like that throw four picks in the first half and be able to dig himself out of that. Um, I think that, that, that might really be the moment we all look back 10 years from now and say, this is when Trevor Lawrence was born. Um, you know, to be able to overcome, I don't know many guys, you know, outside of Brett Favre and guys like that who have unbelievable mental fortitude to be able to overcome such adversity um, and put his team on his back and the throws he made the plays he made with his feet the decisions that he made with his mind 
um, are, are, are beyond his years and the composure that he showed. And so that was one of the funnest games I've ever seen. I know at halftime, I, I contemplated turning it off, Jim. I think a lot of people did. You know, Trevor Lawrence, I read this, and we all read so much and see so much, but this is astonishing to me. Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game on a Saturday in high school, in college, or professionally. That's almost unfathomable and unbelievable. Um, and he kept that streak alive on Saturday against the Chargers. Yeah, he did. With a, he, he needed to send a nice thank you note to, to Coach Staley and also Joey Bosa. And Dicker the kicker, you know, it was a, it was a ensemble of different and egregious mistakes down the stretch. Um, and, you know, like those games, in my opinion, you get a 27-point lead in the National Football League. It's more so about how you manage that game as a coach, right? Um, I would have took the air out of that football. I would have been running it short, easy completions to the receivers, not taking any chances. All I think I want to do is see that clock keep ticking um, because it's almost mathematically impossible for you to lose a game in 30 minutes when you have a 27-point lead, Jim. And, um, like, I, I just I, I don't know how you do it. Well, they only ran the ball seven times. They only ran this ball seven times in the second half, throw 25 passes, and let, let, let's let's take this in order. We'll get on Coach Staley here in a minute. Joey Bosa, what about just being professional? Just be professional. And I can't for the life of me understand. Sean Smith, what is a professional referee doing chasing a player who's walked by him to ask him if he heard him right? Or to get or to engage with that player. That's equally unprofessional what Sean Smith did to then throw a flag for 15 yards after the player is walking away having said what he said and then he wants to go up and confirm it and engage him. You agree with that, Larry? Yeah, I, I, I've never seen that. I mean, I've seen it in basketball with, you know, Joey Crawford or Dick Bravetta, but I've never seen it, you know, happen in football. Um, like that was, that was strange. And, um, I don't know, you know, there's a, there's a human element in everything, Jim. I mean, if somebody on the street comes up and says something crazy to you, you will have a reaction. Um, and I think that's one of those moments where I bet you when you look back at the tape, you'll probably say, you know what, it's a playoff game. I probably shouldn't have inter interjected myself into a play uh, in a game of this magnitude, and I probably should have handled it differently. I mean, but that's easy for us to do on Monday, the day after a game, reflecting on those decisions, um, because I think we've all had them. But it definitely had no place in, in, in a game. Well, Bosa's wrong for whatever he said. Smith is wrong to chase him, and Smith yeah. should be reprimanded and fined in the same fashion that Bosa will be. But then Joey Bosa slamming his helmet when he knows he can't do that. Then you have the coach, Staley, picking it up like a little child, you know, trying to, you know, hand him back his toy. And then he slams it again for the second time. I mean, you got to be professional. That's as unprofessional and as bad for your team as I've seen a guy in recent memory. Yeah, Jim, I mean, it's, it's inexcusable. I mean, you have to understand the magnitude of the moment. You have to understand the momentum has swung uh, in the opposite direction. And you having been voted as a captain on that football team, you have to be above reproach. You have to lead your guys to victory. That's why they voted you to be the representative uh, as a captain of the team. And I just, I hate to see guys when they put themselves ahead of the team and what's best for that team. And uh, I mean, it's, it's inexcusable. And now we turn to Brandon Staley, often a target on this program and by many in the media and many players across the National Football League. 
when you're up 27 to nothing, as you suggested, there is no explanation plausible to lose that game. Did he dig his own grave here professionally? Well, it's, it's difficult to fire a coach or make a coaching change when you lead your team to to the playoffs, you know, and play a team like Jacksonville where you you kind of felt like they should have won that game before they before they even matched up. You felt like the Chargers had the advantage. Um, you know, you look a week before they had to make a decision that they wanted to pay player play players or not play them. They lost, you know, one of their top playmakers in Mike Williams. You can't tell me Mike Williams would not, would not have made a difference in this football game, right? Um, you know, so I think it's accumulation of, of decisions that have been made during this coaching tenure that have led to this, right? Um, and you go back to last year, costing his team a playoff opportunity. All he had to do is fall on the football and take the tie and go on and move on, right? You know, so I think you have to look at the whole body of work um, and taking that in consideration when you're looking at, you know, how do you want to reject your team? You're squandering prime years of Justin Herbert, you know, being on a rookie contract. You know, this is the time you have to seize the moment because in a year he's going to be making $50 million and, just, and, the, and the outlook and the structure of your team is going to be completely different. There's going to be a lot of changes that are going to need to be made to accommodate a salary that large. And so for you to, for you just to completely throw it away, you know, making ill-advised decisions and I'm not even taking consideration stripping the fans of the opportunity to see such a fabulous player play. And playoff games of the highest magnitude, it's a disservice to all of us. And I would worry about his continued growth. Now, Herbert has come out saying that to have a coach like Brandon Staley is a blessing. We should all be so blessed as to have a guy like this. So he's come out in favor of him staying. Um, but I don't know about the rest of that locker room, the veterans in there, and and the fans. I mean, they're in a new market here still in Los Angeles. I don't know how you present this to the fans going forward. They had a chance to gain some ground uh, on the Rams based on the Rams uh, having won a Super Bowl and then having the season that they've had. And uh, if you come back with this same product, with this same guy, I'm not quite certain anybody sold on it. Well, L.A., as you know, Jim, is a tough market for professional sports, unless you're the Lakers, right? Um, You know, the fan base is pretty fickle there. And the Dodgers. Um, But to a certain degree, when they're good. They're sold out all the time. I mean, they're they're independent race every year too, though, Jim. If we go back a few years, I've been to Dodger Stadium where you could buy a ticket outside the stadium for five dollars, Jim. Um, Very and true. It's not the safest place to be going either. You know, very at, true. At also, seven o'clock at night either. So I mean, there's a lot of circumstances. You know, when you're moving into a new community, and you're trying to build your team um, as somebody something that you should go and watch and support, and also going to SoFi Stadium and paying the numbers that you have to pay to even get in the door, um, you know, you expect a certain type of uh, product, Jim. You, you expect a certain type of performance, uh, effort, and commitment to putting your team in position to have a chance to win. Like, the Chargers are a really, really good football team, a extremely talented football team that should be in the playoffs still, Jim. Let's just, let's just call it a spade a spade. They should have been in the playoffs last year. And – I, I just don't know how much you can put, how much stock you can put in a coach that you can't trust. And obviously, Justin Herbert is never going to come out and say, hey, I want to play for a different coach. That's not how players work. You know, you never throw people under the bus. That's not everything. But if you pull him aside and ask him really how he felt, does he? do you think he really is making decisions that's in the best interest of his team? 
he might say something different. Would you change the coach if you own the team? That's tough for me to make that decision, Jim, because I'm not in there on the day to day. All I get a chance to do is see them perform on the field. All I can do is base them, base my decision off of what decisions I see him make. And if I'm just looking at it purely as that from the outside looking in, I, I think, you know, I would consider, you know, making a move. Um, I, I think I would consider it just based off what I saw. But I don't know how he is with his players in the locker room. I don't know how he is in terms of scheme and X's and O's on a daily basis, how he's installing it, how he's able to motivate people. I, I can't speak to that. Chuck Daly, uh, my mentor and dear friend, uh, used to say, if you're going to get rid of somebody, you better know where you're going. Well, it looks to me like Sean Payton's available. Uh, great coach. We saw what he did with Drew Brees. Um, and there are a lot of bidders for him uh, and perhaps Jim Harbaugh. But you have to know where you're going. And I don't know that the Chargers, based on what's happened in the past 48 hours, were even in that even in that mode and thought process. So they probably uh, are making that evaluation now, but did not have a plan B uh, as of 48 hours ago. No, I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, 48 hours ago, you know, I think, you know, that they were, they were figuring out their plans to, to the next destination, you know, when you're up 27, nothing. I mean, that's the fans were on the, on the website looking for tickets and looking for flights. You know, I mean, I think that's what everybody was thinking, you know, when you get a lead like that. And I mean, when you have the, 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 the rug just snatched under you from up under you like that. And I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> that's a tough pill to swallow, Jim. Nah, I feel bad for our boy Dean Spanos. Yep, I personally love the Spanos family, and uh, it was it's 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 hard to sit here and uh, not truly internally weep for them, you know, because they're great people, and uh, uh, feel very bad. It's 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 hard. It's hard, you know, as you know, and we watch it every week. It's it's hard to see what happens to your friends in this business. It is, Jim. It's a tough business. Um, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, you know, I watched it yesterday w with the Vikings. Um, you know, to to win at the level they've won throughout the course of the year, for them not to come on and execute better at home. You know, against the Giants yesterday, it's <laughs> it's tough, Jim. I I don't know how you as a coach or as a, as a quarterback can know it's fourth and eight and throw a route for four yards. I I just don't I don't understand that. That's not the kind of football that that I've come to, to see as, as winning football. And so, I mean, you see this stuff happening all over the league. Sounds like you got a lot on your chest here that you want to get off. We're going to get to that Vikings game against the Giants when we return. Our show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Upgrading your engagement ring is the perfect way to celebrate an anniversary. Trade in your K diamond engagement ring and get 100% trade in value towards a new diamond piece that is double in trade value. Exclusions do apply. Visit k.com slash trade for details. Vikings kissed away the season. We'll talk about it with Larry Fitzgerald. I'm Jim Gray. Stay with us right here on Sirius XM when we return on Let's Go. Negro Leagues Baseball Museum President Bob Kendrick hosts the Sirius XM original podcast, Black Diamonds. The Negro Leagues didn't care what color you were, and they didn't care what gender you were. Can you play? Hear stories of the leagues and legends that shape sport, culture, and society. That's why the museum is so important. It's like, we are never going to forget you. Episodes of the award-winning Black Diamonds are now available wherever you get your podcasts. We're not talking about balls and strikes. We're talking about your life. 
Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray, along with Larry Fitzgerald. Our program is brought to you by USAA. USAA was started in 1922 by a group of soldiers who made a promise to always take care of their own. And after 100 years, USAA is still serving the military and their families. Find out more at USAA.com slash 100. USAA! Larry, let's pick it up from where we left off. TJ Hawkinson was not expecting the ball. Uh, you got the best receiver in the league in, in Jefferson. Uh, even if you just throw up a prayer, he, he's got a likely chance of answering it. What is going on here on fourth down? I mean, we talked about it last year with Derek Carr against Cincinnati, uh, denying the Raiders a chance to, to move on in the playoffs. And then we see the same thing with Kirk Cousins yesterday. I mean, can there be this bad of brain lock? I mean, what? and, th- and then they, they explain it away. Well, I will say this, Jim. I have to tip my hat to the, the Giants coaching staff because the Vikings offense literally took them to task a couple weeks ago. Justin Jefferson did whatever, whenever, however he wanted to against that Giants defense. He was um, unbelievable, uh, making catches left side, right side, did everything you could ever imagine. And it looked like that was going to be the case again. You look at the first drive, he has four catches in the first drive. I'm thinking it's going to be another 14, 15 catch day for him. And the Giants defense did a great job, you know, of, of you know, shutting them out, you know, for the rest of the game. I think he had one catch after that, that, that initial drive and not even one target in the fourth quarter, Jim. So, um, you know, you have to tip your hat to the, to the coaching staff. And then also Kirk Cousins, who you never know what Kirk Cousins you're going to get. Played really well yesterday, Jim. He made some great throws, took care of the football, um, you know, even rushed the ball solid when there was things for him, laying for him to run. So those things were were really promising for the Minnesota Vikings. But the decision making down the stretch, Jim, I just I I, I, I struggled with some of those plays that were called and how they were executed. Um, they totally got away from the run game late in the game. Also, when you become one dimensional, it's, it's so easy for you to start teeing off with blitzes and being able to really do great, innovative things that Wink Martindale is able to do. So I, I just I just struggle with some of the some of the decisions um, and play calls down the stretch. And let's give credit to Daniel Jones. I mean, here's a guy who played tremendous football this season and he ran for seven first downs yesterday. I mean, we talk about mobile quarterbacks in the National Football League. He doesn't come to mind. We're thinking about Mahomes. Uh, we're thinking about Josh Allen. Uh, we're thinking about Lamar Jackson. And this guy beat him with his arm and his legs. Jim, this is a this is a quarterback two years ago. The New York Giants were really contemplating moving out of town. And it just shows you when you get a coach that you know truly believes in you, put you in a system that is tailor-made for your skill set. Ability to be able to get him outside the get him outside the pocket, throwing it on the run, being able to utilize his speed, his agility, and his quickness, and then putting getting a healthy Saquon Barkley back has been a huge addition for that offense as well. And so you really got to tip your hat not only Daniel Jones, and you also got to give a lot of credit to Coach Davo, um, you know, for being able to make a match that uh, it truly looks like it could be one that could last for quite a quite a few years. Truly a remarkable run uh, by the Giants. The first time in 11 years they win a playoff game. They advance now to face the Philadelphia Eagles, a division rival. And when you consider that they were just 4-13 and 13 last year, wow, things can turn around quickly in the National Football League. 
Our program, Let's Go, Jim Gray with Larry Fitzgerald, is brought to you by American Express. It's easy to get excited about going to a game. You love hearing the sound of the whistle, smelling the game day concessions. That's the stuff that reminds you of the thrill of being at the game. And you know that Amex will be there every step of the way. Because when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express, don't live life without it. And all the golfers down in Palm Springs getting ready for the American Express Tournament, the PGA Tour stop this week. Uh, Larry, should be lots of fun in the desert. Oh, yeah. Jimmy, anytime you get a chance to get out there and play with a couple of the, the pros, man, this is this is what you look forward to. I get the, the for, lucky fortune to be able to do it in a couple of weeks at the AT&T, something I really look forward to. And, um, you know, it, it brings you, um, you know, golf is unique because it, it, it can bring you into these type of environments. No other sport can you go out and play, you know, in a football game with Tom Brady or can you go out and shoot in a basketball game with Steph Curry? But in golf, you can get out there and you can play in these programs and be right there inside the ropes with the greatest players to do it. And this one has a real special heritage, of course, the Bob Hope Desert Classic, just a staple on the tour uh, down here all these years. And now American Express picks up uh, and continues it. And it should be lots of fun. Hey, Larry, uh, let's talk about uh, a couple of the other games that went on in the National Football League this weekend. Uh, the Bills and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Bills did not look very good. And Miami Dolphins had a chance to steal that game. And uh, again, brain lock, brain lock by the coaching staff. They got a quarterback who hasn't played, Skylar Thompson. He's doing a terrific job basically uh, all day long. And they can't seem to get the plays into him. I don't know how many delay of game penalties they had, but it was several, including the very critical fourth and one. And 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 Mike McDaniel over there, he's lost track of time. I mean, what is going on with these coaches? Why is clock management so difficult? Well, it's a lot going on at these times, Jim. I mean, you got people talking in your ear, offensive coordinators trying to give you suggestions, players talking to you. There's a lot going on. But with a young quarterback, I think the best thing for you to do is be able to get him to play as early as you possibly can so he can kind of get a, a beat, relay the information to his teammates in the huddle and get lined up. So if you need to make any adjustments before the 15-second cutoff period, you have that opportunity. Um, and, like, this is this game should not have been close. Um, you know, the Buffalo Bills have kind of been playing not great football, um, just okay football. And, Obviously, Josh Allen makes play after play after play, um, and without him, they would not have won that game yesterday, but he has to play better against the Cincinnati Bengals next week, Jim. He, he has to. There's no way he can go turn the football over three times um, and expect to be really, really high-quality football teams. Um, you know, I think Buffalo has the chance to go to the Super Bowl. They have that type of quality football team, but Josh has got to play better. He's got to protect the football. Absolutely. And uh, they, they got this huge, huge lift. Uh, DeMar Hamlin out of the hospital was able to come by the facility on Saturday uh, and see his teammates. And when you consider where we were just two weeks ago, Larry, to where we are now uh, with this young man and, and how the whole country and uh, professional football, everybody rallied around him and, and how great the medical attention that he got in Cincinnati at the hospital on the field from his trainers with the bills. Um, it's just, it's just remarkable. And I imagine that the, uh, uh, for that rematch now, the game was no contest, but Cincinnati will now have to travel uh, to Buffalo, and we can get into whether that's fair or not as well. Uh, but it is what it is, as as, as Joe Burrow said, um, just have to uh, play this hand that they've been dealt. They're going to have to play a lot better against Cincinnati, otherwise Buffalo's dream season uh, and, and all the lift that they had from uh, Hamlin being okay and recuperating, uh, it can evaporate pretty quick if they play like that. It can. I mean, because Cincinnati, 
I think everybody that watched the game, you know, probably picked the Bengals. You know, the Ravens were out Lamar Jackson. But you got to you got to give Coach Harbaugh credit. He had his team prepared. They were ready. Um, you know, if it wasn't for the, the fumble on the goal line and um, the fumble recovery for a touchdown, Jim, that, that could have been a very, very different game. And, um, you know, not only do, do the Bills have to play better, but Cincinnati has to be better as well because they did not look the same way they had looked uh, the previous eight weeks, in my opinion, Jim. They just they couldn't get it going offensively uh, for, for long periods of time in the game yesterday. But, um, you know, I, I agree with you. Um, this is going to be a, a very emotional, highly contested game. And, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals have a lot to gripe about because this game, for all intents and purposes, should have, could have, would have, if they had a, the game would have continued to go the way it looked like it was going on Monday a couple weeks ago, should be played in Cincinnati. But I like the approach of Joe Burrow saying, look, you know, this is the, this is the hand we've been dealt. There's nothing we can do to change it. All we can do is prepare and go play a good football game in Buffalo and take it in our own hands. I'm not sure how the league makes decisions. You know, for one thing, they want to flip a coin and they want to have a neutral site. Yet the Bengals kind of get punished for this whole thing. The game was in Cincinnati and now they're having to travel. I guess there's not going to be any perfect solution for any of this. Uh, But if you were going to make them flip a coin to have to host the game against Baltimore if they didn't win uh, that game, why now all of a sudden do they not get that same accommodation afforded to them to have a coin flip now. Yeah, I, I would agree, Jim. Because yeah. I understand the record's different and the record's better, but it takes into account that that game wasn't played. So they kind of lost on all ends there. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, and But I think the league would have been lamb-blasted if they would have, you know, given Cincinnati this home game based on the fact of, you know, the player that got hurt was playing in Buffalo. And I, I think they tried to do what was right in terms of the PR uh, and the optics uh, of the decision. I think that was all taken into consideration when they were thinking about this. And the best news about all of this is DeMar Hamlin is recuperating. He's at home, uh, still getting, obviously, uh, the necessary medical attention. Uh, but if everything goes well, I would imagine Larry will probably be at the stadium uh, for the game. Yeah, that will be amazing to be able to see him, um, you know, walk into that stadium and be able to, you know, energize his teammates, energize that stadium. Um, you know, I just think, you know, seeing him come in that stadium, you know, on his on his own, you know, on his own volition will, will do some great things for that crowd. Hey, Larry, let me ask you uh, before we move on from this, uh, uh, obviously Sam Hubbard takes that that ball 98 yards. Uh, Huntley <laughs> doesn't quite get across the goal line. Looks like they were set up to go low. John Harbaugh after the game kind of threw him under the bus that he should have gone low. He went high. Um, be that as it may, you've been on the receiving end of what this feels like. Uh, my mind immediately went to James Harrison and unfortunately what the Steelers did to your Cardinals back in the Super Bowl. Jim, you would bring up the, the, the worst time of my life, Jim, you know, on a, <laughs> on a, on a nice January afternoon. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was a lot of similarities. I could, I could, I could feel the steam, you know, kind of be just taken out of the cell of the Baltimore Ravens, Jim. And they'd driven down there, made a couple of nice plays, run the football, throw it through the air and put themselves in position to go take the lead, you know, late in that game. And for it to just flip like that, 
um, you know, it's demoralizing to have something happen. You know, unfortunately for the Baltimore Ravens, you know, that happened at the end of the game. Uh, you know, my, my situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers and James Harrison was at the end of the, at the end of the first half and we had time to recover from that. But, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to do that late in the game in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, when you, when you know you have to go down and score seven again, it, it was, it was tough. It was tough. Uh, you know, it really took to, to win out of their sales. Jim Gray with Larry Fitzgerald. Our program is Let's Go. It's brought to you by Brady Brand. Check it out at BradyBrand.com, including the new Brady pant. Go to BradyBrand.com to get comfortable now. Look good and feel even better. Brady Brand. Let's go. And as we wind up the program here, Larry, perhaps the best team in the National Football League, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Tough first half against Seattle, but then they rolled in the second half. They're firing on all cylinders. As they watch this game tonight, uh, between Dallas and Tampa Bay, do you think they have a preference? Absolutely, they have a preference. You know, I, I think they would love to see Tampa. Um, you know, I think Dallas Cowboys match up pretty well um, with the San Francisco 49ers. And based on you know what happened there a few weeks ago, San Francisco would love to see Tampa coming back to town again. You got to be careful what you wish for sometimes. That's true. That's true. But um, I mean, you asked me if I thought they had a preference, and I, I think they do. Uh, are they the best team in the NFL? I mean, Kansas City didn't play this week, and Philadelphia didn't play as well. Is it your assessment the 49ers are on top? Jim, it's hard to argue with a team that's won 11 games in a row, including their their first win in the playoffs. Um, you know, you look at what they've done with the rookie quarterback and, and Brock Purdy. You look at that defense. You look at their special teams. Um, and most of the games they play, quite frankly, have not even been close and not even been competitive. I mean, they completely decimated the uh, Seattle Seahawks in that second half. And, I mean, they look like a unstoppable force right now. Fitz, as usual, we appreciate your time. Have a great week. We'll see how the game goes here this evening, and we will talk to you next Monday night. Well, Jim, I look forward to it. I'm looking, for, look, I'm looking forward to watching uh, the game tonight and also some great games next weekend. Hey, and let's give a plug to our buddy Stephen A. Smith, your colleague at ESPN, great friend of mine. His book comes out tomorrow, Straight Shooter. Pick up a copy, Amazon.com or wherever you get books. It's, uh, it's his life story and uh, quite a life he has led. He has definitely led a great life and is one of the most entertaining, entertaining uh, sportscasters and personalities that we've ever seen. Indeed he is. Straight shooter. All right. Larry Fitzgerald, he's our straight shooter. He's also our expert. And if you're buying or refinancing a home, your expert is an independent mortgage broker. Find one at findamortgagebroker.com. It's powered by the number one mortgage lender in America, United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS, number 3038. It's licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Let's go, presented by Hertz. Thanks to our terrific producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, with production assistance by Harris Fabishoff. And to our sponsors, a big thank you to Hertz, USAA, Bank of America, American Express, K Jewelers, United Wholesale Mortgage, Brady Brand, and Mastro's. Let's Go Podcast with Larry Fitzgerald was produced by 199 Productions and Scratchy Productions. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great week, and we will talk to you again next Monday night right here on Let's Go on Sirius XM. Sirius XM Podcasts.